0: Welcome to Citizen. 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 Citizen Science. Citizen Science Show. G'day out there in podcast land. It's Ian here from the Australian's Citizen Science Association Conference on the Sunshine Coast, Queensland, Australia. And I'm here today with Hugh Pitty. Did I get your last name right? You did. It comes from the French
1: word petit, meaning little. 400 years ago, my ancestors on dad's side. Probably related to the gnomes of Europe. <laughs> Part of the Huguenot tribe. They left and went to England. So the pits,
0: pettits and pitties, all little fellas, went to England. Here's from the Friends of Glebe Wetlands, Foresight Education and Design. So they're two different
1: organisations. Okay. The Friends of Glebe Wetlands is a community-based conservation group in yep. Bega on the far south coast of New South Wales. And that's our organisation which has been doing amazing work for over a decade now. We're into our 12th year of citizen science work doing monthly flying fox counting. Oh, wow. So grey-headed flying fox has chosen the Glebe Wetlands as one of its premier breeding sites. One of only seven identified high-priority breeding sites for grey-headed flying fox, a threatened species listed as vulnerable to extinction, both in New South Wales and federally. So this site is one of only seven in New South Wales high-priority breeding sites. It's also a nationally significant camp, which means that it has more than 10,000 individuals for more than one season in a row. And so it's up there and should be treated with more care, shall we say, by government. Yeah. But it's down to the local people
0: who look after it. Can you think of the first memory that you had of, as a child, like being interactive with nature? Oh, look, there are many things that come to mind. Playing with
1: leaves in the gutter as leaf boats yeah was a primal thing like it's raining i just go out and get leaves and make leaf boats running down the gutter our house was sort of close to the top of the hill yeah the slope is a little bit gentle and so you know you can make little dams and then you can make bigger current when you break a dam and the boat can go I ended up paddling whitewater kayaks I think I was sort of <laughs> practicing for that <laughs> But also, I remember being age four in Tasmania bushwalking and being out in front on point and nearly stepping on a red belly black snake. And so, you know, things like that stick as, as sharp memories. Always happiest in the bush. If I've got the sounds of the bush, the smell of the bush. And who used to take you into the bush when you were younger? Family, but also then progressively just myself. Growing up in suburban Sydney, a place called Epping, yep. named after epping forest in london we had the blue gum high forest and remnants of that along devlins creek devlins creek was koala habitat before the m2 motorway which not only trashed the koala habitat and lots of other animals habitat but really rather spoiled a sacred site for me in my childhood where the creek ran under the railway line a culvert and a little waterfall the bigger waterfall is just upstream of where the motorway carves through and it's still there that waterfall but it's lost all its ambience because there's this concrete thing just where it comes down but i used to go down that waterfall and talk to the ducks you know uh, <laughs> on the water and like as kids me and friends would get the little privet plants you know it comes from south china it's a pretty full-on weed but it was very useful for making bow and arrow sets yeah and so the big ones we make into the bow and the smaller ones sharpen up into the arrows we had awesome fun and then little did i know that later on i would be working as a bush regenerator <laughs> like <laughs> Going along, drill in one hand, uh, poison axe and spot gun, couple of hours in the morning just doing chemical autumn all along the Lane Cove River, which is where Devlin Creek runs into, and then also the rest of the day just plucking privet seedlings out. A mature large-leaf privet, million seeds. Just one. Whoa, tree. So you imagine how many seedlings there are. A seed doesn't last long, but it can hold as a seedling like an inch high for a decade waiting for the space in the canopy. Yeah, you can imagine. So that was my Thursdays and Fridays just down the Lane River as a bush regenerator, you know.
0: Beautiful. Yeah. Do you get inspiration from anyone like when you were growing up to do what you do today? Oh, yeah. Different times
1: growing up. When I was about 15, I read a book by Tor Heidel, the Norwegian explorer about uh it was called fatu Hiva after the island in the marquesas that he went to as a late teenager he and his girlfriend spent six months walking around barefoot in norway so they would toughen up their the soles of their feet for walking on the coral oh wow yeah and this was like him's first going out adventuring and then subsequently he did things like the Kontiki expedition the rara expedition stuff like that but this was yeah his first thing and so i suppose he was a bit of an inspiration there's a bloke called Dag hammerskold was the first uh, Secretary General of the United Nations after World War II. I was about 17, 18 when I read a bunch of quotes in the library and his stuck out. We must always be prepared to give up what we have for what we may gain. In his work, many nations gained independence after World War II. That's profound, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's a little Zen thing. Of yeah, Yes. Yeah. You know? Letting go and, and then receiving. receiving back. That's beautiful. There was another quote on that list from Eileen Caddy, the founder of Findhorn. Life is full and overflowing with the new, but it is necessary to empty out the old before we can truly experience the new, Pretty cool. eh? There's some of the luminaries that I was just sort of casually reading in the library. I was a bit of an atlas nerd. I'd go to the school library in in recess or lunch and just read atlases.
0: (laughs) Fair enough. How have you found the conference over the last few days? Anybody out there in
1: Radio Land listening? If you haven't thought about becoming a member, I strongly encourage you to... Google, look up Australian Citizen Science Association and look at some of the work that this organisation does. If you've got any interest in science, nature or the community that forms around that, then this is a really groovy bunch of people. Like, I've been vibing since Monday when I arrived. The first workshop I did was over in that patch of bush over there with um, Sam and the No Burn project. One groovy person I already knew, Stuart Harris, was on that, but also Possum Pete, who I hadn't met till this. In the middle of this workshop that's all about Sam presenting the, the No Burn app that they've developed, which only released, like, in August, and so it's still, like, being refined... You've got two of the highest contributors to iNaturalist just ducking off into the bush and you know, Stuart will go, oh, yellow oriole, And so, <laughs> so we'll take a photo of that and Pete will go off and he's photographing a, an orb spider and I'm trying to work out what's he photographing? You know, it looks like just a plant because it's behind the, I can't see the web. <laughs> like you're instantly amongst a community of really eclectic people who each have gifts, And so much to offer. So, for this whole week, we've all been floating on each other's goodwill, generosity, and genuine commitment to doing just the best that we can. You know that Chinese proverb about if you raise the level in the river, the water level in the river, everybody's boat comes up? I like that. Yeah. So, we've been doing that all week. Just the level has been raising. And so now we leave with all our boats floating higher and you know about whatever floats your boat the Australian Citizen Science Association <laughs> yeah and, and yeah it is like a tribe isn't it oh it is yeah and even the luminaries like Costa Georgiatis, who who did the keynote speech this morning he's got some positive energy out of this you know because he's in so much demand because of the good work he does the profile that comes with that and he's just humility means that he's so accessible endlessly people are wanting a moment with costa me i want seven minutes (laughs) or a lot of people just want to share a photo yeah or a story and he's very good at hearing stories and building those narratives. But it's not just Costa. There are a whole host of luminaries who are here this week. We had the Threatened Species Commissioner kick things off on Tuesday. Fiona, that was awesome. We had special guest Siobhan Leachman from New Zealand on Wednesday morning.
0: She does all the Wikipedia work. That's right. She taught me a whole bunch of stuff from New
1: Zealand. She's been involved in stuff with the Smithsonian in the, the States. States. This has led to a whole thing where her work had ripple effects, you know, monumental. And so she's just educating people. People about creative ways to use tools like wikipedia wikidata wikimedia and related platforms to do really good things you know in the quest of nature conservation and education Stuart harris yeah spider-man yeah he gave the closing presentation on tuesday it was so full
0: of heart he's a beautiful man isn't he and i don't mean just good look at no 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 <laughs> i
1: mean Stuart came down a year ago, at the end of November last year, we were running a bio-blitz down in beger at the Glebe Wetlands. We did Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Stuart did activities every day, and he would do it for if there was one person or a dozen, and he would always find something. It's marvellous. His ethics are very strong. The rock, he'll make sure that the rock that's rolled is always rolled back. He won't disturb the, the, the critter if it's not a good time to disturb it. His knowledge is just, yeah. And this all just started because he bought a camera when he left the airport. Yeah. And he just started taking photos, and he's just got really good at it. And now he's got, what, 17 different critters named after him? It's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> pretty groovy, eh? Yeah, yeah. yeah, and he's learned how to work with scientists yeah, now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. And the scientists have a great respect for what he does. I think there was some reference to being crippled by a science education. One of the points he made in his presentation was sometimes it takes an untrained eye. To see it. People out there in Radio Land, you, you could wind up like Stuart Harris, yes. having things named after you. All you need is the curiosity and the tools. And the tools are out there. You know, we've got amazing online platforms and most people seem to have a mobile phone these days and that seems to have a camera or two in it. If you take a picture of something, it's a living thing, there's a platform you can put it on. You know, it's it's really not complicated. No. I thought it was. <laughs> And then you start using it and you go, actually, it's really not that complicated because they want to make it simple so that everyone can use it. And this is the power of citizen Science, eh? You see some of the numbers that are up here. Groovers who came from Los Angeles, Leela and Sam um, with the City Nature Challenge. You know, they started this funky idea of let's have a contest between Los Angeles and San Francisco about who can document the most nature. You know, that's only four or five years back and now they've got it in hundreds of countries.
0: Yeah, 400, oh, I think she- he said yeah, 400 yeah. cities around yeah. the world and, and wait for it 66,000 people
1: <laughs> like that is a fucking army pardon <laughs> the French it's all like citizen scientists who are out there you know, over the three days they run City Nature Challenge in April, like doing an awesome thing. And because you know the groove is here, had a bit of an issue about it being autumn here rather than spring, when m- most things are out and much better to do it. Great people like Michelle Neal thought, "Uh huh, we could do Great Southern Bio Blitz and do it in that time in the spring when it's groove for us." So. I believe that's kicking off tomorrow. Yes, it is kicking yeah. off tomorrow. Or yeah, well, even like tonight technically if you stay awake till like after midnight.
0: <laughs> you can start
1: posting stuff at 1201. And then, you know, you're in the contest to get the first critter posted as part of the, the Great Southern Bio Blitz. Are you in that contest? I am in that contest. <laughs> I've got a bit of a mission to go find a grey headed flying fox. Okay. Because most of my work down with friends at Glebe Wetlands, you know, is to do with grey headed flying fox. Curramundi, where the beach house is that oh, I've been lucky enough to stay with the conference organisers in. Yep. 50 metres to the sea, 100 metres to the lake. Curramundi, Gubby Gubby, for place of flying foxes. Okay. Seen them around. Around. I've only been here for a few days. I've seen them around. I reckon it'll take me about an hour to find their favourite flowering tree in Kurramundi, and I'll be taking photos, trying to get the best view rather. And then twelve oh one, and then I I'll just—I'll I'll probably get bamboozled by the technology. I'll stuff up the post or something. But,
0: you know. Oh, I'll just have the phone.
1: Yeah. Oh, that's brilliant. But it runs all all weekend. Great Southern Bio Blitz is a three day gig, so you, you know if you happen to be listening to this and it's already Friday or already Saturday, it's not over. And what action do you hope to take for the future? As a biodiversity conservation project that's been running for over a decade, 12 years into Flying Fox County, citizen science monitoring but we're six years into on-ground works we're enhancing the habitat we've planted 250 river oaks as roosting trees for flying foxes so that there will be a capacity thousand flying foxes each mature tree quarter a million flying foxes we should be able to fit in this park in 20 years time and the understory for that is a rainforest. And the margins to it on the park are low grassy woodland with nice floral things people can look at. Good for the insects. And a riparian border on the lagoon side. And on the roadside edges, just spiky things that make it not so keen for people with dogs to walk in. Because in the middle of these patches, we're planting big rusty fig trees. Come back in 100 years. That's a cool corner on a 42 degree heat stress day. Because I'm sick of burying um, abandoned flying fox pup in drought times. And I don't want to face what's happened in some other flying fox camps where they've literally lost thousands in one event. And so we need cool corners where, where we, can, we can have them safe. That's the Forensically Wetlands gig, but that's only one of the five areas that mainly through my consultancy foresight, education and design, as a sustainability educator and designer, I'm working in core businesses, zero waste, and zero waste is the one that's already hit pay dirt. In other words, people actually pay me to help them turn waste into resource. I've been doing that for a couple of decades, and it's a game that can be fun. And a bunch of kids at my daughter's little Steiner school were the Groovers on a project team where we did the thing called Zero Waste Schools Program, the Mumbler School for Rudolf Steiner Education in Bega. This um, project won the Resource Recovery and Waste Minimization Award in 2001. For, for with the Keep Australia Beautiful New South Wales Tidy Towns Awards. A bunch of kids went in a minibus up to Salamander Bay in Port Stephens to receive the award. That project, we set a target, 90% reduction in waste to landfill within 12 months. In only nine months, 97%. School of 120 students, the total waste fit in a miniature bin that you could hold in one hand. Now that's design, working with students, motivated. We had a dozen kids on the project team And my secret was always have more young people on the project team than ones who used to be young, because I learned that the ones who used to be young will probably say you can't do it, and the ones who are still young will say not only that you can do it, but they'll tell you how you can do it. So just listen to the young people. You know, they're not bruised and battered yet by you know life, and so they don't straight up think of the reason why something is impossible oh I love that yeah I love that yeah to round out that story I'm only at this conference here in uh, Sunshine Coast because two weeks and three days ago I was on a train going from Scone in the Upper Hunter Valley back to Sydney sitting next to Lyndon Ewan and one of the judges for the Tidy Towns Awards for Keep Australia Beautiful New South Wales
0: oh well, that was a coincidence
1: because I had gone from Bega to Scone representing Cabargo for the the Zero Landfill Project at the Cobargo Folk Festival. Oh wow. Won the exact same award, Resource Recovery and Waste minimization Award that we won 22 years earlier for VEGA, for Little Cabargo. And the amazing thing about this, Cabago Folk Festival it's run 27 times in the festival in 2022, the first one after Black Summer Bushfires. We missed a couple because it was such a tragic thing. Several thousand people there. Beautiful folk festival. If anyone hasn't been to the Cabago Folk Festival 3rd, 4th, 5th of March next year to Book it in go there and you can experience zero landfill because in 2022 we managed several thousand people over the three days kept the total contribution to landfill to just three wheelie bins one of those was during the setup week so it was only <laughs> really two that was just done by getting rid of the red landfill bins and replacing them with bin ferries education communication it can be done And so there's ways and means, and we just support people, give them the tools that help them be able to sort things out. We put hot wash stations in, so if they brought any single-use plastic, they've got a grungy bacon wrapper, they can clean it, wash it, and take it home themselves. That's <laughs> just Because it's there. And this is the thing, is we're basically retraining people to push forward to zero waste by pushing single-use plastic out of their life. Beautiful. If you just choose to not use it anymore, then it won't be accumulated by the society or part. Or the ocean. Or the oceans. Remember that plastic is a toxic substance. Yeah. When the light shines on the plastic bag in the water to the turtle... It looks like a jellyfish. And if the turtle eats the jellyfish, it lives, if it eats the plastic, sooner or later, it dies. And the tragedy is after that turtle's body has rotted away, remembering that each turtle could live up to 200 years, the plastic bag that never breaks down, only ever breaks up into smaller and smaller microplastics, that plastic bag, before it's broken up into microplastics, can kill how many turtles? can kill a lot more. And so how many thousands of years of turtle life can one floating plastic bag kill? I think all your listers are not going to let plastic bags go in the ocean. What you simply do is tie them in a knot. They cannot blow, they cannot float, and then that's your one plastic bag that you ever need for your life. You wash it, you look after it, it's a membrane to separate wet from dry. Put your swimmers in it when you don't want your other things to get wet. Use it carefully. Don't get a second one. You only need one. <laughs> there are plenty of better tools. Yeah. Shopping baskets. Yes. I use cardboard boxes. Go to the supermarket. They've got boxes. Get a box. Take shopping arm in a box. I do, and then I put the box on the garden. Yeah. <laughs> Or better still, get three boxes, put one inside the other, inside the other, if you get them the right size, that triple strength cardboard box will last for years. It's a really good shopping box. Yeah. You know, it's not complicated, this stuff. I'll finish with one quote from one of my two mentors for Zero Waste Schools program, a bloke called Jerry Gillespie. The only place that waste has ever truly existed is between human eerie. Waste is a concept. What we really have is resources. Resources are things we can use. If you have too much of one resource in one place in a point in time in the environment, we call it pollution. If you have not enough of a resource, we call it scarcity. Our challenge is to manage the use of resources so that we avoid scarcity and certainly avoid pollution. That's beautiful. Yeah. I could talk for hours, you know that. (laughs) I know. Foresight Education and Design, as well as core business Zero Waste and Biodiversity Conservation, also deals with sustainable transport There's a whole conference and program and book in that one. Then there's, uh, as well as sustainable transport, soil care and clean water, all of which are elements that you can see run into Australian Citizen Science Association ongoing work. And where can people find you? People can find me possibly in about 20 years living in a mud brick hut
0: just painting.
1: (laughs) But before that, um, I'm, I'm generally found on the third Friday of a month leading flying fox counting for friends of lead wetlands come half an hour before dusk or the first Saturday of the month our working bee habitat enhancement project. If you find me in Bega, Few people know where I live. Do you have a website? or Friends of Believe Wetlands has a really groovy website, and my phone number's on there. The mobile phone's on the bottom, so (laughs) you can
0: find me. It's it's all cool. Thank you for this opportunity to chat with you, Ian. No, thank you. We really do see you as one of the silent achievers. Yeah, yeah, cool. Your story is important, and the people out there have got to realise that it's just ordinary people like yourself that are doing extraordinary things and just just thinking outside the box yeah and we can all do it and and you are living proof yeah you've been listening to citizen citizen citizen, citizen science citizen science show